0: Hi everybody, this is Jared from Number One Bullshit with this week's F-Update. And we have kind of a unique one this week since we do not have a fight card. But we did have Dana White's Contender Series, an all-time Dana White's Contender Series. We'll go over that. But do want to go over an F-Up from last week's episode when we were announcing the Patty Pimlet tony ferguson fight i said that patty was a two division cage warriors champion he was actually just the featherweight champion fought for the vacant cage warriors lightweight championship against soren bach lost that fight soren bach being 16 and 1 3 and 0 in bellator so challenged for two, one one. got that f up uh, out of the way and then going from that f up to something on the Dana White's Contender Series card, and it was such an amazing card. I, I want to get this out of the way first before we talk about the awesome fights. And that was that Mario Piazzan versus uh, Alexander Soldatkin fight. And the only reason I'm bringing it up, and it was boring, I get it. I was a little upset because I'm a huge Giles and Almeida fan, so I was hoping his boy was, was going to show a little more. Uh, but I'm bringing it up because of how it ended with the knees to the head of a grounded opponent. We saw something... Similar, same commission in the in the state of Nevada, in Las Vegas, with Alexa Grasso, Valentina Shevchenko, where Grasso was kneeing Shevchenko in the head when Shevchenko's fingers were on the ground. They said, nope, that's legal. Now, here, it almost looked like Soldatkin went full Gegard Mousasi against Chris Weidman, lifting him up so the fingers weren't touching. But either way, they said that the knees were illegal because there was weight on the hand. And I just don't understand that from the standpoint of how are you going to ask a fighter that they are in a fist fight to judge how much weight the other fighter has on their fingertips or their palm in order to determine if it's a legal strike. And I just don't know what you can do. I, I think it has to be more cut and dry, whether it's one hand legal, two hands not legal. Or you just outlaw knees to the head, which I hope they don't do, because I think I think you should be able to do it, period, because it would stop some of the wrestling, you know, people just shooting in for takedowns. But there has to be something in place, whether it is the ref yelling down, not down. And a lot of the times they do that, but it's hard to rely on that unless the ref says, hey, I am going to do it every single time time. And it's on my shoulders to tell you that this person is grounded. And if I don't say it, it's good to go. I don't know what the solution is, but you just hate to see things like this. It happens with a young sport where they're still trying to iron some things out, but also ultimately there's damage that's being done to individuals, concussions, you know, that wouldn't necessarily happen if there was clear cut rules. Right, like he doesn't take those knees if no knees to the head are allowed, or he knows that there's a possibility of them happening and he can defend himself. So, would like to see. I'm hoping the commission comes out with some kind of clarity on that, so that way there is consistency. It's hard enough in a sport where there's already judging involved, but you want to try to be as consistent as possible, especially with the rules. And from that, we are going to go on to some amazing, amazing fights. Uh, first one, we'll start it off, Vinicius Oliveira. Bantamweight, he is now 19-3 and with 17 finishes, 15 coming by way of knockout. He's only 27 years old. And man, the kicks were beautiful. The counter-striking was amazing. That left hand that put down Madrigal was an absolute missile. I mean, Madrigal was down for a while. Head bounced off the canvas. It was a scary, scary knockout. And I'm really excited to see Oliveira's first fight in the UFC. Once again, another phenomenal Exciting prospect to come into the weight division. Super excited about that. And then the next fight that happened, Ernesta Karakate versus uh, Carly Judice. Holy shit, what a fight. And the fact that Judice took this fight on 10 days notice because Karakate was supposed to be fighting Shavkat's sister, which apparently her last name's Rachmanova. So I guess for females in... Kazakhstan, they add an A to the end of the name. I had no idea. You learn something new every day. Uh, but this fight was absolutely amazing. I mean, ultimately Karakate won it. She's now five zero and one, and she's something special. She's twenty five years old. She's five nine with a five eleven reach, which in the women's flyweight division that is not a common reach. She has unique physical tools for that division. Her mother's an Olympic, or I believe was an Olympic swimmer. That was where she got her start, was actually in swimming. And then on the other side, you had Carly Judice. She's now three and one. She was three and oh coming into the fight. All of them first round knockout. She got her first professional win in 17 seconds. She's only 24. Former uh, softball player at McNeese State down there in Louisiana. She's only been training, not competing, training for two and a half years unbelievable. She looks like a much more evolved striker. Some of the feints and things like that aren't there, but ultimately to see somebody that developed within two and a half years is amazing. I mean, it was an absolute war. When you look at the combined strike numbers, 352 combined significant strikes. That would be, if this fight was UFC and not Dana White's contender series, that would be the most significant strikes in a women's three-round fight in the history of the organization and it was done on the contender series i mean both women just absolutely putting it all on the line i think the right right person won it was a split decision but i think karakate definitely won the fight but holy smokes just super excited about both of these women now i don't want them to just throw them into the fire we talked about the records right? Karakate has six professional fights. Now she has some professional boxing, kickboxing experience, but Judice only has four professional fights. So let's bring them along slowly, but the the tools are there. I mean, you can't teach what it takes to be in a fight like that, to have that kind of drive, that kind of heart, You know, it's a worn out phrase, but to have that kind of dog to you, uh, just absolutely amazing fight. And then when everyone's saying, hey, if you could do fight of the night, for Dana White's contender series. Good luck to everybody else. Well, Danny Silva and Angel Pacheco said, all right, hold them a beer, because their fight was, I mean, to follow on the heels of that flyweight fight, they come out, put on an absolute slugfest, 401 significant strikes combined between the two of them. If that would have been in the UFC, that would have broken the record for most significant strikes in a three-round fight. So that's the kind of war that this was. We'll go back to talk about the fighters here a little bit. Danny Silva now eight and one with five finishes by way of knockout, only twenty-six years old. Pacheco, a little older, but about the same in his career, nine fights, seven and two now. All seven of those finishes, or all seven of those wins coming by finish, four knockouts, three submissions. Both of his losses have come by uh decision. A little older at 30, but in all time, Chin. I mean, the punishment that Pacheco Took, I thought he was going to be out of there in the first round but every single time it looked like he was going to be out of there he bit down on his mouthpiece and just fired back I mean every time the ref said hey you got to do something I mean he started winging shots and realistically he went back and hurt Silva every single time that he was hurt Uh, his ear was like falling off by the end of the fight he took a liver kick where he did the like step back, arms kind of go down. You can tell his body's shutting down on him. Silver rushes in, boom, cracks him. I mean, just an absolute amazing fight. Awesome body work. You guys know me and the body work. I mean, both dudes dig into the body, just nasty elbows in the clinch. Just an amazing, amazing fight. And this tells you the caliber of fighter that is outside of the UFC. Not outside of the UFC anymore. In both of these fights, both of the winner and the loser ended up getting contracts. There was five fights. All four winners got, or four of the five winners, say for the, the heavyweight fight, got contracts. And Judice and Pacheco both got contracts, and they deserve it. I mean, they're going to put on entertaining fights. I think Danny Silva definitely has a bright future. There's some potential there to, to get into the rankings. Pacheco, I don't know. But when you have... A chin like that, and you have that kind of desire and drive, and the ability to never be out of a fight, you're going to put on some pretty amazing fights. So really looking forward. All four of those fighters cannot wait to see their first fight in the UFC. And then the last fight of the night. I mean, we had an absolute showstopper: Danny Barlow against Raheem For or Raheem Frost, excuse me, welterweight fight. Barlow now seven and zero. Uh, Five finishes, four by way of knockout, has the nickname left hand to God. And when he touches you with the left hand, it sends you to God. I mean, he absolutely just teed off on Frost when he connected on that first clean shot. I mean, Frost got the stanky leg, was stumbling around to his credit, you know, kind of got his balance back. But Barlow, just absolute killer instinct. I think it was a minute 14, just swarmed him. And Barlow has some really exciting tools He's six two as a welterweight, has an 80-inch reach. So we're talking a six foot, eight-inch reach. I think the only longer reach in the welterweight division would be Kevin Holland. And I think that's only by an inch or two. I mean, the way that this card played out, we had a show stopping top 10, you know, sports center top 10 type knockout to start the card. Two absolute wars that happened. And then a little bit of a slow fight. Not a little bit. It was a slow fight for the heavyweights, but gives us something to talk about with the rules and how they are actually going to control these fights when you look at you know the knees to the grounded opponents, and then to finish it all off after that slow fight with just an amazing performance by Barlow. Dana White's contender series, every week I feel like it delivers. It gives us people to watch looking forward, the caliber of fighter that is on this show at this point is amazing to me. We saw it a few weeks ago where a guy was supposed to be fighting on the Contender Series, ended up having his fight canceled, and then took on a top 10 flyweight in Monel Cop and didn't look out of place. I mean, the level of fighter on these shows now, it's just absolutely amazing. Gets me super excited to watch it every week and then looking forward to next week we do not have a card this weekend but we will be dropping an episode on monday uh, previewing the fight night on the following week with uh, being headlined by grant dawson versus bobby green Uh, so we will be talking about that we'll have an f update next week as well so no fights to watch tomorrow from a ufc standpoint uh, but Go out there. There's some great college football games on. Maybe spend some time with your family. I don't know. That's what I'm going to be doing, watching some football, hanging out with my family. As always, appreciate y'all for listening. Love and respect.